All right, guys, what's up? It's Cole and Trey here with the Cole and Cole Show, getting ready to kick off an episode on spiritual gifts. Um, so we're excited about that. Real quick, um, like, share, and comment on this video if you find it interesting. Um, if you disagree, let us know. We're going to go ahead and jump in. We are bringing you biblical advice on biblical topics using the Word of God and incorporating personal experience. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not going to say for sure, y'all may, may not agree with what me and Trey believe. Yeah, there's a chance. Hashtag clickbait. Hashtag, hashtag. Uh, Is that clickbait? That's already, not clickbait. They already clicked it, it's, at this uh, point. it's foreshadowing. 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 Yeah. Teaser. Um, I, Teaser. 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 So there's two camps, really. There's uh, what I call, actually, it's not what I call, it's what they're called, cessationists and continuationists, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, there's, there's yeah, yeah, there's three, there's three yeah. camps, three camps. Uh, cessationists believed that the, you know, apostolic gifts, really the sign gifts, this is really what we're talking about, the sign gifts, um, ceased with the apostles, um, which would probably be around the canonization of scripture ceased when it would really been it's our centers around when believers were equipped with everything they needed or or they have now everything that they need to be a mature christian and grow in their faith with christ so it's like starting the church basically yeah the start of the church you elaborate on one of the what some of the sign gifts are sign gifts would be prophecy i think i would list here prophecy Gifts of miracles, gifts of healing. So gifts of miracles and gifts of healing would be different. Gifts of miracles would be like uh, exorcisms, you know, casting out a demon. Um, you know, miraculous things, obviously, outside of healing. It's it's First Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. Let me pull that up. While you're getting that, Fawn is still sick update. So my hair still looks bad. Okay. But she's been running 100 degree fever for three days now so sheesh yeah i know sad day that's tough so the sign gifts would be like first corinthians 12 it says and god has appointed uh in the church first apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healings helping administration and various kinds of tongues right here are all all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? You are earnestly. It says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. What What is that in the Greek? It, it uh, says. It says. So but, that's the last. That's uh, twelve thirty one, right? But you are earnestly desiring. So the gift. So, the last verse of chapter twelve in First Corinthians says, "But you desire the greater gifts, right, or the better yeah. gifts." So the word "you" there is a plural version of "you." Mm-hmm. So Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. Right here, he's talking about how the church should desire for the local body to have these gifts. So it's not talking about me as an individual. I should desire to have gifts that God did not give me. Right. I should be content and obedient to the gifts that God has given me. Right. God has given me gifts for a purpose. And those gifts are beneficial for the body of Christ. He's saying that the church as a whole should pray for someone with the gift of teaching, for example, mm. to be in the congregation and using that gift faithfully. So there's three camps. First would be the cessationists, like I said earlier, the ceasing of the um, the gifts with the apostles. The second camp would be continuationists, which would be that they still are active today, that they are, yeah, they're, they're still in, in act. The way I would describe it, they're still in play today. But they're 
is some describing that needs to happen. That's like a spectrum for continuationists yes. is how often they're used, um, how how prevalent they are. Mm. It's kind of a, an in-between of charismatic and cessationalist. Mm. And then there's also the third camp would be the, the extremist ver the extremist camp. Everything that the apostles did, we can do, you know, the speaking in tongues is the second baptism, um, which I, I did a video on that. I don't know if I posted it by the time you're seeing this, but I did a video on that. So I'll plug that. I'll put it there. You know how the, the people yeah. do that? They like put it in the corner. Spoiler alert. Tongues is not a sign of it's not, uh, salvation. It's not. If you want to see, go watch the video. Um, but from my experience, from the people who are like, tongues is a sign of salvation. And if you don't have the Holy if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There's definitely like apostolic Pentecostal. They definitely believe that. But most of my experience is kind of in between that and... Uh, continuationist mm -hmm. so more it's more blurred lines like we all believe i'm not gonna say we all those two camps believe that the sign gifts are still in play but the lines get blurred and i believe they're kind of practiced unbiblically mm -hmm. right so this is where we get into like bethel movement right like faith healing faith I all of that stuff so that's what I'm saying. There's so many spectrums because mm -hmm. yes, the initial one would be faith healing. You know, Benny Hinn is the classic one. When he just does this and everyone falls backwards. Yes. Everyone's trying to like touch his jacket like Jesus when they wanted to touch his garments. Mm -hmm. Right. I think even Peter. Even Peter. That's That would be like the faith healing. Mm -hmm. But really where it comes down to is Bethel movement. I'm, I'm going to define it for y'all. Why I don't like Bethel movement. They undermine the spiritual gifts by over practicing having a good thing be ultimate thing is therefore compromising the integrity of the spiritual gifts they create a movement it's it's not a bad desire to like seek these prayers seek these gifts like they are um if you pray for more people more people will get healed uh, statistically right if you prophesy more times it's a better likelihood more prophecies happen, right? I'm not going to agree with that statement. That's what I'm, that's that's what they believe, though. Okay, I yeah. thought you were stating that. As that's not what I believe. That's what that's why that's how they undermine. <laughs> I was getting really worried. Yeah, no, that's that's what they believe. So, me being not in that camp, believe that prophecy is a you know it's a divine word from God through somebody, equivalent. I wouldn't say. It lines up with the word of God, but it's authoritative and you can mm -hmm. take it being from God. That's prophecy. Gift of healing. If it's a gift of healing, that person's healed, no questions asked, right? So really what Bethel does is they create a movement where they're pursuing the spiritual gifts. Like they have a hunger for it, but that hunger is actually compromising the I think it's, integrity of them. It's an idolatrous hunger. It right? is. They it's have overemphasized spiritual gifts to a point where the spiritual gifts have become a God. 100%. 100%. And I think yeah. that's the danger in charismatic movements is that you actually, oftentimes you can lose your love for Jesus because of your love for these spiritual gifts that you may or may not actually have. Mm. But because of the pressure that is put on you to speak in tongues, to have the gift of healing, to be able to prophesy, right? And even uh, Bill Johnson kind of changed the definition of what prophecy is, right? It's Definitely. whatever Jesus would say if he was in the room. Yeah, so clarify i wouldn't 
there's a there's a video of it and I can I, I, I may post it. I probably will post a clip um this was a long time ago I haven't seen him come back and like refute this idea but this is from his own mouth he said if Jesus was in the room what would he say everybody goes around the room saying what they think Jesus would say that's prophecy and that's heretical and that's that's not prophecy and and you know I'll post a Mike Winger clip I'll put the white maybe put the Mike Winger clip in the video maybe Mike Winger's a good source yeah but he said that's that's not a bad thing to desire like if you Trey what would I think Jesus would say to you right now right like you should you should desire to know what Jesus would say but it's not because you have the gift of prophecy mm-hmm. it's because you've spent time in his word pursuing him yeah and you are um, responding to his voice in your heart right mm-hmm. you're responding to him leading you in his guidance it's not because you have the gift of prophecy. Exactly. And then like we all know when we think of spiritual gifts, we think of Bethel. You know, the healing stuff is where the first thing, you know, tongues and healing is the first two things that come to mind. I mean, prophecy too. I mean, they're all kind of played together. So we're talking about this unbiblical environment of, you know, of these spiritual gifts. So you create an environment where you start praying for people, right? And you have somebody with like a hernia that's what Mike Winger's analogy was. You have somebody with, you know, maybe an illness, maybe like an ailment or a um, health issue that isn't glaring, like a broken foot. Mm-hmm. You know, my eyeball is messed up. I'm blind. You know, so it's not like... Yeah, the, it's like little things. The, the ones that you have to go to the doctor to see if you're healed, right? So if you... In, in healing services, if we host healing services, hey, raise your hand if you were healed today. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing to seek and test. Like you want to test if you, if if we, there's some spiritual leaders I know who, when they experience the healing, you go test and make sure that healing really happened. For myself, it's like I've never seen this before. I gotta know if it's real. So that's not a bad thing. But you you make this emotional environment. Raise your hand if you're if you're healed. These emotions are. I think I've had this emotional response, not to say that there's no healings happening, but there's also people like this. And then Bethel will form a theology and that what they have is um, that you can lose your healing. Mm-hmm. And Mike Winger, I'll, I'll plug the Mike Winger video on this, that how to keep your healing, how to not lose your healing. And this is in response, this theology is in response to, I'm not going to say they recognize they've created this environment, but... But it's because of this emotional environment. It has to be a result have. of it, intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah, I think that's what charismatics do a lot of time. Though a lot of times is, it's all predicated on emotions, right? It's founded on emotions. Mm-hmm. You have been Experience. healed. Yes, I have been healed. I, I feel healed. I feel like I am better. My migra- my headache is gone away. You mm-hmm. have healed me. Now I believe in this because Headache's of this a good one. personal experience, right? That actually no one can say, well your headache wasn't healed by that. Like you took Advil. Okay. You can't prove that. Yeah. Right. But if I have a broken foot and you heal my broken foot on stage, it's clear that that's been healed. Mm -hmm. But, but my migraine going away, me saying that I've been healed of a migraine, you can't test that. So people just kind of buy into it. They have this emotional response and then they're sold. Yeah. And, and it is, it is now they're in. And, and, like I like I won't say that's a bad thing to desire praying for headaches and stuff, but what I what it is and what you're describing, and we say this all to say is in my experience, majority of the time it's not the the people who speaking in tongues is evidence of your salvation. That's not majority of my experience. Majority of my experiences do this. It's like they have real healings 
at Bethel. You know, they have testimonies of people, so we can affirm that. But they also have these instances where people are, their faith is altered. You said I was healed. I wasn't healed. Is God really good? You know, you're you're creating an environment where some healings are happening, but, you know, a lot of the time, I don't have a ratio or a number I can give. Just an unbiblical environment to be practicing spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. And a lot of times what you're doing also is you're telling people they have these spiritual gifts when they don't actually have them. So if you're encouraging an atmosphere where a lot of people are prophesying, but they don't have the gift of prophecy, they're in sin. Then they're in sin, and and that's just a dangerous road to to go down. So I just wanted to establish that. But Trey, <laughs> now uh, we're done talking about char- charismatics. Yeah, yeah. Or so are we? We we may not be. We'll see. But what do you believe about spiritual gifts? So my belief on spiritual gifts is that I'm kind of in the middle of the since the cessationalist 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 wow, cessationalist the <laughs> cessationalist and the continuous continuist continua continually continuationist continuationist wow words are hard words are English is hard I'm struggling um, but <clears throat> I, I'm kind of in the middle of those two camps I don't think that the gifts of science have completely ceased. But I'm very critical of them, especially in um, first world countries and movements like Bethel or with teachers like Todd White, faith healing, things like that. Benny Hinn, um, even because a lot of it can even get into prosperity. If you want to talk about prophecy and prophesying money over people, kind of like Kenneth Copeland does. So these these teachers, these movements that have a lot of these sign gifts, especially in these first world countries. I'm very critical of. I think that the sign gifts are are specific to establishing the church, right? And so you see that in the New Testament. You see the apostles going and healing people and prophesying, right? You see that in the early church, establishing the church. So whenever missionaries go to unreached areas, it would make sense that those gifts are still in use in those areas, right? Because the name of Jesus has never been said there. The people have never heard of who Jesus is. And so God, I believe, works through those gifts so that the name of Jesus can be heard and can be the proof of Jesus can be seen um, through those gifts for his glory. Right. I don't think that's the same thing in Bethel in California, where the name of Jesus has been told, has been said, has been believed. There are believers in California. And so I don't think that those gifts are nearly as common as the charismatic group tends to believe, or even as some as the, as much as some of the continuationalists tend to believe. So I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of these sign gifts being used, but I don't think they've completely ceased. I just think it's much more specific circumstances, um, specific situations and all for the glory of God. If you are attracting um, attention for yourself, then you are doing something wrong, whether that's you're faking a spiritual gift or you are misusing your spiritual gift. There's some something wrong with what you're doing because spiritual gifts are meant to build up the body of Christ and to glorify God, right? Nothing else. I believe that there's obviously a difference in what the apostles were doing and what we have today in the Bible Belt in Texas. So like, that's something you got to keep in mind. But for the cessationists, their big argument is 1 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 
12. It says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And I'm reading this article last night, and this dude so confidently, whoever wrote this, said, talking about spiritual gifts, yeah, and we know that the we know the spiritual gifts ceased at the canonization of scripture because Paul said so. What? Yeah, so that's what that's that's the argument cessationists will make. And here I'm I'm very gracious about it because I'm new to this viewpoint about me being a continuationist. I'm open. I would love to hear arguments, but 1 Corinthians 13:9, when the perfect comes, people believe that that was the canonization of scripture. And Paul said that that so his his argument was that Paul is saying when the perfect comes is the canonization. Oh, okay. So that's the belief is that the canonization that Paul is referring to, the cessationists believe that that's the canonization of Scripture. Interesting. Yeah, that that's when the gifts ceased because that's when believers had everything that they needed to be fully equipped in Christ when they had the word of perfect and errant. Okay. Word of God. I have a hard time believing that Paul... A guy speaking to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian the Cor- church. Is, is speaking about the canonization of scripture that happened in like the 300 ADs. By like, the canonization wasn't even apostles. It was the mm-hmm. early church fathers who did yeah. it. So he's talking about Jesus. And I could, I would love to do a video on my opinion, like going deeper in evidence for that. But that's why I am a continuationist because I have a hard time believing it's canonization. You know, the, canonization being the bringing together of the books of the bible um but yeah i just thought it was funny because in the article he's like yeah paul said it's the canonization in in first corinthians 39 from what he said it sounds like paul straight up said like word for word the (laughs) canonization of scripture is the completion of the gifts let me find what he said right here right here it says it says the gift of tongues or languages was meant to communicate a message and served as a sign to unbelievers, 1 Corinthians 14, 22, that's correct. And it ceased with the apostolic age, as Paul said it would in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. That's a, hey, can we can we put an asterisk in there? Hey, this is my interpretation of the passage. Yeah, not, this is a direct quote, because that's yeah. what it sounds like he's saying. It sounds like the canonization is when, anyways. He's reading his opinion into a direct quote from scripture. Exactly. Bold, bold take. But Trey, talk to me about tongues. What do you believe about what do you believe about the gift of tongues? Um I think that they kind of like the rest of the spiritual gifts, they can be in use. I am a I would say I'm a very conservative uh continuationalist. I would say cuz I've seen like actual healing take place when I was in El Salvador. I I saw physical healing, so I'm I'm not opposed to that. I wouldn't go near as far as to where the charismatics go. Mm-hmm. And to say that Benny Hinn can literally just like throw his hands and everyone fall back and be healed. I'm nowhere near that. But I think that those spiritual gifts can be used at specific times for the specific purpose of glorifying God and edifying the body of Christ. Do you believe it's angelic? Um, I don't have a hard stance. Um, I've, I've kind of held both opinions at, at different points of it being an actual language and it being angelic. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I stand. I don't have the gift of tongues, so it's not something that I have felt super convicted to 
have a really hard take on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my general belief of the sign gifts, and that is more convictionally where I feel like I need to know rather than the specific details of what tongues is since I don't have that gift. Yeah. But I feel like as I get into seminary, that'll be a much more pressing question. And I Which I'm sure, an I'm sure I may be wrong, but I'm sure... I, Odds are, when you go to seminary, you'll probably lean more conservative. You would think, right? Well, you don't think? I don't know. I, depends I don't, on what seminary you go to. Yeah, I don't you know. Would be surprised. You know, SBC seminaries. You there's still some. Really, I I would say so. Yeah, I mean, there's debate over like Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Um, same same concept. Yeah, like yeah. Southwestern is less Calvinist than Southern is, for example. Southern got the reputation for for having five point Calvinists. True. Uh, so there's a lot of diversity in beliefs yeah. in yeah, even c- Southern Baptist seminaries. Because I, I believe it's a real language, but at the same time, like you said, I have, like, I understand why you would think it's an angelic language. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't understand the argument. Like I under- and I understand the argument, but I'm like, in my opinion, it's not. But at the same time, there's also a lot of support for that belief as well. Yeah. So I'm open to the conversation, but when we spoke at my church's youth retreat, I spoke on 1 Corinthians 13, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, one, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, what am I, nothing but a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal? Um, if I have prophetic powers, understand all mysteries, all knowledge, all faith to move mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I have, basically the point is, is he's, he's speaking in hyperbole here. Um, if I have all prophetic powers, understand all mysteries, all knowledge, no, no human being has that. If I uh, have all faith to his removed mountains, he's talking about the gift of faith, spiritual gift of faith, not saving faith. So as to remove mountains, so as to tap into like a divine power. You know, so he says it's a exaggeration, hyperbole. And to prove that, verse eight, he says, or verse nine, we prophesy in part and we know in part. But when the partial, when the perfect comes, the partial. So he's saying. We have part, like we partially, so 1 Corinthians 13, 2, if I have all faith and understand all mysteries, all knowledge, but then 1 Corinthians 13, 9, but for now we prophesy in part. So he's like contrasting to mm. solidify that it is hyperbole. So you can support your argument for tongues being an angelic language in 1 Corinthians 14, but not 1 Corinthians 13, because the, if I speak in tongues of men, and angels is hyperbole. But 1 Corinthians 14, 2 clearly says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Whereas, you know, that's people use that as angelic. Mm-hmm. Another conservative argument would be that, you know, if you're speaking, if I'm speaking Chinese right now, if I'm speaking a different language, it would be a mystery to you. It can mm-hmm. still be a mystery if it's a real language, if you don't know it. What is, what is praying in the Holy Spirit to you? Have you ever heard that before? Because um, a lot of people refer that to be a speaking in a private prayer language. I don't think I would say that praying in the Holy Spirit is a is like a prayer mm-hmm. language. Um, I would say that's more like being sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. It's like praying in the Spirit would be <clears throat> as the Spirit leads in your time with the Lord, as you're praying, uh, making your petition to God, you are being obedient to where yeah. he, he is convicting you of and where he's where he's leading you toward. And sometimes that'll manifest itself 
in tongues? No. No. Yeah. No. No, because I, 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 that was a genuine question. I wouldn't. I didn't have a. Oh. Okay. Because because the guy I reacted to referred to like praying in the Holy Spirit, being he he combined the two, praying in the Holy Spirit, being saved. Um, you know, the only three instances of speaking in tongues in salvation in the New Testament are in Acts, which is Acts two, when Jesus said, "Hey, there's going to be a helper coming." You just promised Holy Spirit finally comes upon him. Acts two, it's a big miraculous, spontaneous, uh, spiritual S word, uh, spontaneous spiritual, supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. It's a, it's a miracle. Everybody speaks in tongues. Acts ten, um, Cornelius, he it's a it's the Gentile first time a Gentile you know the church was bridging that gap. Um, at this point, there's only Jews in the church. Mm-hmm. So what does God do in his goodness and all wisdom? He makes Cornelius and the Gentiles speak in tongues to validate that they have the same Holy Spirit as the Jews. Um, and Peter makes the reference to Acts 2. They spoke in tongues exactly like we did. And then Acts 19, when it's the John's disciples preaching the baptism of repentance, um, they weren't Christians. They didn't believe in Christ because they're preaching. You know, Christ already died and raised from the dead, and they're preaching. You know the Savior's still coming. Uh, so Paul said, "Have you received the Holy Spirit?" Blah blah blah. They Paul lays his hands on them. They're saved, and they speak in tongues, testifying that John's John's gospel wasn't isn't the full gospel. Mm-hmm. Like that was a that that gospel was served a purpose. John is in John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Okay, just clarifying. Yeah, the coming of the Savior, baptism before he came, down on the cross, resurrecting, testifying that these believers now were no longer believing in John the Baptist's baptism and repentance, but the full gospel. So the point of all that saying, the three times people speak in tongues after salvation serve like a monumental moment in the movement in progression of the church breaking boundaries, the Gentile boundary, the Gospel of John, you know, like these these were is it, it played a monumental role. If speaking in tongues, and I talked about this, if speaking in tongues was evidence of salvation, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that whoever believes and speaks in tongues will have eternal life. That's what it Didn't says. Say, you know, First Corinthians, I mean Romans ten nine. Believe in the Lord that he is the Lord your God and he raised from the dead and you will be saved. Not believe in, you know, so there would be a lot more. So we got to let scripture interpret scripture. You know what I'm saying? But 1 Corinthians 12, I encourage y'all people who may disagree with me and Trey on this issue. uh, Go read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 in one sitting all the way through. Don't really pick verses because 1 Corinthians 12 is about how God has distributed the gifts among his people. First Corinthians 13 is, you know, you have these gifts, but without love, they mean nothing. First Corinthians 14 is how the gifts should be used in instructions. Um, so all of them have to be read together to then pull verses and understand, you know, I'm pulling first Corinthians 14 too. Like get the full context. Don't just yeah. go and Google like, uh, Verses that support my view of tongues. Exactly. And pick out different things. Like get the whole scope yeah. so that you can read scripture in context so that the Holy Spirit can show you 
what the entire picture is, not just this one verse taken out of context. Exactly. And I think, you know, me and Trey would identify ourselves as, you know, conservative continuationists. I believe there's arguments for that. I believe there's arguments for people who believe they've ceased. So I think we need to be gracious. This is a uh, second tier issue, as we would say. There's, you know, I'm very new to the conversation. So I even have grace making this podcast. And I'm eager to hear people's opinions. You know, people who are more mature than me, older than me, uh, you know, spiritual leaders in my life. I'm encouraged to hear their viewpoint. Um, but we just got to know that people who say they believe in speaking in tongues, we need to seek out whether it's like a like a Bethel movement kind of speaking in tongues, you know, um, kind of undermining the spiritual gifts, you know. But outside of that, you know, this is a this is an okay thing to disagree on um, because First Corinthians 13 says, if you have all the spiritual gifts, you can speak in a tongue of an angel, you know, have all knowledge, move a mountain, um, give yourself up to martyr, be martyred. But if you have not what? Love. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, share, and subscribe. This is another episode of The Cole and Cole Show. Leave a comment. Let us know what you thought. If you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, let us know. Yes, sir. See you all next week. Come on.